I don't think we saw eye to eye, and, and I was definitely adamant about not going to Def Jam, even though probably before we signed, you know, we wanted to sign with Def Jam, but it just didn't seem like it was the right place for us after taking a few meetings and seeing basically, you know, what it was and what it wasn't. Welcome to the Can I Kick It podcast with your host Showtime and the dope chick East Rock. Now go ahead, enjoy your music. I know what you're thinking. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the latest and greatest edition of the Can I Kick It podcast. It's me, your host, Showtime. Along for the ride, I got my faithful ride or die co-host, Ish Rock. What up? What up? So we are back again. Another episode. When I tell you, coming off of the strength of that last episode, the Kendrick Lamar uh, damn episode was, not was, not probably, but is, is definitely our most... Uh, Listen to episodes, so a round of applause for everybody who checked that episode out. We appreciate it, and thank you for everybody for rocking with that joint. Um, we did some numbers, and there wasn't even a guest. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did some numbers on that episode. Uh, so if you haven't listened to it already, I guess that episode is pretty popping. So make sure you uh, go back and check out our um, last episode, which was called Damn, Kendrick Lamar Dropped the Classic. We also talked about Jadakiss and... With a question mark. Don't forget the question mark. Right, right, like, right. damn, Kendrick Lamar Dropped the Classic? Question right. mark. Right. I don't think it was a classic, but, you know... That's why the, que- that's why the that's question, why the question mark, mark is important. Is there. Yeah, some <laughs> people just put an exclamation point behind that, but, uh, yeah... I put a question mark in like a red X emoji up there because don't do that. I'm just saying it's not a classic, but I'm not saying it's a classic, but I'm that, saying that's that's a fact. It's not a classic, so and like Family Feud. Let's not revert. I mean, let's not <laughs> digress back to the last episode. All right, well, y'all go ahead and check the episode out and then tell us what you think about it. All right, so this episode is episode that's kind of near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, this episode this week is about. The native tongue. Native tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What better could there be? Yeah, can't get any better than when it comes to cruise. You know, we talked about DITC, we talked to Lord Finesse, but I don't think we'll be. We talked about the Juice Crew. We talked about the Juice Crew, right? We talked to uh, Roxanne Shantae a couple of episodes back. So we got to talk to somebody from native tongues. And I think it's only right that we give them justice because, of course, this show is called Can I Kick It? Can I Kick It Podcast, named after. Our beloved Tribe Called Quest. Right. Right. So before we get into that, um, we got a lot of other things we got to talk about. Of course, we got to do new releases and mm-hmm. uh, reminisce list coming up a little bit later. We'll talk about some things that we reminisce on. But uh, right now, let's just talk about some new music that's dropped. I haven't listened to a lot of new music. Um, but before we get into the new music, I, uh-huh. had a, I just had a question I wanted to ask you, but I didn't tell you ahead of time because I wanted it to be off the dome. Are you about to, what are you, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Why are you looking worried? I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Like, whenever whenever your wife tells you she uh-uh. got some questions to ask you off the dome, it's like, what, what is we doing? Right. Is what is we doing, baby? Is there something you need to tell <laughs> me? What is we doing? Uh-huh. Nah, let's get it popping. No, we're going to keep it music related, and I'll talk to you after this. Peter. Piper. Peter. Piper. Listen, Pick so, you know, typically on Facebook, the Facebook games that y'all um, and when I say y'all, I say that affectionately, but the, the Facebook games that y'all usually get into, mm-hmm. uh, I usually roll my eyes like, don't don't be posting nothing and asking me to pick a number so you can tell me what you originally thought about me on such and such. No, like, yeah, the numbers game. Right, right, no, right. thank you. Right. No, thank you. But finally, a Facebook game came around that I wanted to participate in. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Right. So it was a, a sort of a version of Find the Lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was top... Um, it was your uh, five, no, maybe it was ten. 
10 hip hop concerts. You look, or maybe not even hip hop. It was 10, wasn't hip hop. 10 concerts. Yeah. And then you would list one that was incorrect that you mm. had not been to. I don't think it was 10 either. And then people had to guess. Yeah. I think it was or maybe I, I just ma- made it 10? Yeah, I think it probably <laughs> made it up. Yeah. I think it was like five or seven or something like that. I don't oh, think it was maybe. Ten. Okay. Well, regardless of the number, mm-hmm. um, regardless of the details, that was a good one. <laughs> you sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> just forget about the details. Let me just throw this fake news out there. You sound like your president. Don't ever insult me like that. <laughs> Don't worry about the details. I'm that's, just going. That's that's a, way, that's a way to get swung on around. Okay. Here. <laughs> All right. I got you. I'm just saying. Um. So yeah. So I would like to know, not necessarily find the lie because I feel like I already know what mm-hmm. concerts you've been to and which ones you haven't. Mm-hmm. But why don't you just? I want you to tell me your top five favorite concerts, best concerts that you've been to. Top five hip hop concerts that you've been to. Top five hip hop concerts in no order. Nas. Um. What concert was that? Was that the was Norva. that the, at the Norva the Nigger joint? The untitled album where you didn't have the album that had a name to it. <laughs> I thought you were calling saying the Norva. <laughs> no, 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 joint? no, no. The album, the Nigger album. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it was. They Sorry, made him change his name. If you're not uh, in the Tidewater area, then you won't get that. But the no. Norva is uh, a venue. No, I no, thought no, you were calling not, it nah, like nah, the nah, nigger venue. No, no, no. That's the name of the album. They made him change. <laughs> right, with right. The exactly. whips and the chains on the no, back. No, of the no, front. I get it. We went together to that. Right, one. exactly. So that would be one. Uh, and again, like you said, this is top off the top of the. Dome. Right, right. No pressure. Um, Just curious. Roots picnic, where we saw the Roots, Naughty by Nature premiere. Who else was on that show? Solange. No, but top five like individual performers. Oh, individual performers. Like not. A festival situation. Oh, oh, okay. But you can include someone okay, that was okay, at okay. the festival, but I just mean top five actual acts. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. In concert. Um, like the actual like quality of their concert. Um, I've seen Jill Scott twice. No, this is hip hop. Oh, this you're not see, okay. I said hip hop. Jeez Louise, all of these you're stipulations, Sean Spicer. Golly. <laughs> That's all right. The last time. All right, let's go back. Okay. So who did I say first? I said Nas. Said Nas. Um I've never seen Jay Z in concert. That's a half. I have seen Jay Z in concert. So Jay Z Magna Carta tour. Oh, that's right with me. With you, right, See right. See how right. I'll be upgrading your whole life. Right, you do. Um, who else? Top five hip hop joints. Um, so you said Nas. You said Jay Z. There's one that I can't give you because it's included in my in my topic for the for the for the episode. Um, Nas, Jay Z, um, Jeezy. Mm. Like Trap or Die Jeezy. Oddly oh. enough, I have not seen Jeezy in really? concert. Trap or Die Jeezy was something special. The Roots. Okay, I can't say The Roots Picnic, but I can definitely right, say can, The Roots. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah roots. the Roots individually. I've seen them a gang of times. Mm-hmm. Um, they put on a hell of a show every time you see them. I'm reminded of a two-way story, but I'll just save that for another A time. two-way story related to me? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll say I'll save my save that. Yeah, yeah, I'll save that for when we have <laughs> when we have Tariq Trotter on the um on the show, hopefully in the near Lord future. Willing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we'll, don't rise. Hope, hopefully we'll get black thought on the show and we'll talk about uh that two way story. Uh all right, so uh one more. Last one would probably be So you said Nas, J, the Roots. The Roots. Jeezy. Jeezy. And I can't think of a fifth one. Uh, I saw Chance the Rapper last year. You said that was really good. Chance was a great show. Chance was a great show. I've never seen Chance. I don't know if I'll put that as top five, though. That was an excellent show, though. 
Um, I don't even mean that he's your top five, like a favorite, but you said that the show was really, really good. Yeah, he put on a great show. Um, how about we come back to me? Okay, come back to your fifth yeah. one. So I think, and this I just kind of off the top of my head, because I've, disclaimer, I've seen a lot of concerts. I've been on to a lot of different tours. Mm-hmm. I've been a concert head since grade school. Mm-hmm. Um, my very first concert, I convinced my mom to let me go with some older girls. I was in grade school and I convinced her to let me go Fast. too. <laughs> you went I, to like the. I had to see. It was like with the, one of those Budweiser, like Bud Fest. Fast with like, in the tail. Mm, with mm, like mm. Um, Houdini, LL, right. Run DMC, like that, um, I believe UTFO, mm. like that whole era. Can't go from UTFO. So, yes, exactly. I, but anyway, I've been to a lot of concerts and so. I would say the ones that stick out immediately in my head, Fuji's. Okay. I've never seen the Fuji's I live. saw the Fuji's, I want to say it was 95. Uh, I was a freshman at Hampton University, and they performed in, at Ogden Hall, and it was every single thing on this earth. Like, mm. you wouldn't even have, I mean, and that was at the height of, like, Fuji La. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that just know. reminded me. I know what my fifth is now. And, go ahead. Okay. Congratulations. That <laughs> just reminded me. Um, but that show was so, so, so good. And you would think that it was so good probably because of Lauren. I mean, mm-hmm. and Lauren got off. But Wyclef carried that show. Mm-hmm. Wyclef had that guitar and did some things. I heard Wyclef on the radio this morning. He got a new song with Young Thug. Oh, no thanks. I just figured I'd throw that out there just to kind of... Okay, no. <laughs> but Wyclef in 1995. Right, right, right. On the stage at Ogden Hall, Wyclef, Lauren, and even Prize. And Prize, well, yeah. <laughs> even Prize. Yeah, you got to throw Prize in there. Even Prize. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Like, the three of them together mm-hmm. and Prize, I mean, uh, excuse me, Wyclef on the instrumentals... Like live instrumentation. Oh, not on the instruments, on the instrumentals. Yes. Got it. Live instrumentation mm-hmm. uh, was so good. So Fuji's, and again, these aren't really in, an, in a specific order. Uh, Wu-Tang Clan on the Wu-Tang Forever Tour. Yes. That was one of the most memorable concerts because on my leg of the tour, and I know this probably isn't true for a lot of y'all, mm-hmm. but on my leg of the tour, every single one showed up. Mm. Every one showed up. Mm-hmm. So on that Wu-Tang Forever tour, also saw that in Hampton, believe at the Convocation Center, but everyone showed up. It was so good, mm-hmm. like not disappointed at all. And I know a lot of times when they would be around the country, right. it would be Everybody wasn't hit or miss. Right. I feel like they showed up for me, mm, I want to say. Right. You know, I have a special relationship with Ghostface, um, so. Yeah, all too familiar. <laughs> uh, Karis won. Hmm. Which Car- year was this? This was about 94-ish. Let's just say you've seen a lot more concerts than I have. Let's a lot. Throw that out there. I'm ta- I told, I, that's why I prefaced it with mm-hmm. I've been going to concerts since I was in about fourth right. grade. Um, KRS-One, 93, 94. 93 or 94. I saw him at. I was still in high school, but I saw him at Coppin State in Baltimore. Mm. That was a live show, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like crazy live. Mm-hmm. Like the energy 
I don't think I've ever seen Kiara Swan perform. Amazing. I think I can say that. That was the only time. But amazing. Right. Completely amazing. Also, The Roots. Mm-hmm. And I would say, we've seen them, of course, at The Roots Picnic. But I would yeah. say, if you ever get a chance to see The Roots, if for some reason you haven't, The Roots give you a real show. Mm-hmm. Like an actual show. And that show at the Norva was so dope because the Norva is a smaller, very intimate venue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not so tight that it feels like club type, but it's a small, intimate venue. And the roots go on and on, okay? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. on and on to the break of dawn. Right. Like the roots go on and on, but you're still like loving every minute of it. Mm-hmm. But you feel like you're so tired. You've been there so long. Right. They don't shortchange you at all. And they do old songs, You feel too. like you could collapse, but... Yeah you're enjoying it so much that like you just feed off of the energy yeah. so good and her catalog is just so vast that you just <laughs> never know what songs they're going to do um and then a tribe called quest mm-hmm. which will tie in later william and mary i saw them at william and mary right. on the uh beats rhymes life tour mm-hmm. okay so let me just say let me can i get my fifth now oh okay my fifth Run is it back yeah my, my fifth is going to be common my fifth is going to be common mm-hmm just one and one thing that always sticks out to me, I think that common show was so great to me because I had never seen someone freestyle about things that were in the area. The common's like, good for that. Oh my gosh. Common will like, freestyle for real. Like you've seen him like on Sway yeah, yeah, yeah. in the morning and stuff like that. And they will and you know, a lot of people come with these pre written freestyles. Right. You know they're pre written. Right. They don't really do a lot to make you feel like they aren't pre-written, and you can throw anything at Common, and he will freestyle about yeah. it. Yeah, so that was the first time he actually threw something in about like the mall that was near the concert venue. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did you just, see him? He was at the Norfolk. Okay. So he, you know, if you're from Norfolk, if you're from Virginia, you know about MacArthur Mall. He like threw the name of the mall into the freestyle, and it was just really, really dope. It was really dope. Lonnie gets busy. Yeah, he does. So, yeah, I thought that that was a really good Facebook game. Shout out to Facebook for mm-hmm. finally getting me to engage in one of those games. Right, right, right. All right, so now that playtime is over, let's get down to the business. New music. New music. What you got? Because I haven't really listened to a whole <laughs> lot of new music. I'm going to tell you, I tried listening to Mary J. I gave her a couple of... You uh, tried. No, no, not not in a bad way, but I I'm just trying to play Mary. I'm, oh, my gosh. I'm not even trying to play Mary. I just didn't... I haven't finished it yet. I'm not saying it was whack or anything. I'm just, as you do your Mary J dance. No, I'm not saying it's whack. I'm just saying I haven't gotten through with, uh, uh, I haven't finished my listen yet. I'm, I'm only like three songs in. You're saying you're unprepared. Nah. I'm saying, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, teacher. I'm saying that, not saying I came unprepared for class. I'm saying that I just haven't listened to the joint yet. Okay, so that's a good place to start. MJB uh, definitely dropped. A new album, and I want to know. Well, see, I was gonna. Well, <laughs> I was gonna ask you mm-hmm. if your theory held up because uh-huh. you have uh-huh. this theory. Let me tell y'all about this theory uh-huh. he has, y'all. He has this theory that all of his favorite, uh, R- no, not all of my favorites, all R and B female <laughs> okay, singers. Excuse me, all my the favorites. that R and B singers are never any good until they're going through breakup and heartache no see that's not the no 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 that's okay. not the theory that's not the theory what is it then Please. the theory is that the theory is that once um r&b singers who are women once they are in a relationship after being single their music becomes whack case in point mary j blige but see that's not true to me case in point jill scott mary made plenty of good albums case in point do a Marie. Jill Scott made good albums. Case in point. You can't really say A Marie because A Marie 
Like and that first Amory album is the, first the most Amory underrated R and B album of all time. I would agree with that. That first Amory album is perfect. Second album was cool. Was good. She ended up getting Enough. married to this dude. Everything else was wet. You haven't even heard from Amory since she got married. Is she still married? I don't know. She had a whole other album. She had a whole third album. And it was whack. And it was whack. Yeah, I talked about two songs on that. The, the, the albums that Jill put out while she was messing with the dude after the like the first two after like living my life was golden like it's golden whack. That's not true. Okay. The Mary albums. Mind you, Mary's been around for twenty five years. The Mary album. So you're gonna try to say everything she, she put out while she's been with Kendu. Nah, every, everything she put out while she was with Kendu was not white. I will not say that. But nothing that she put out while she was with Kendu was equivalent or better than what she put out before she met Kendu. It's facts. And I'm willing to bet, even though I haven't finished, I can judge by the Facebook and Instagram comments that this album is fire. You don't even know because you didn't listen to it. But I'm willing to put my money on it. Number one, it's for two reasons. Number one, I saw that she's in the studio with Puff. Mary makes all of her best music when she's with Puff. Number two, she doesn't have Kendu holding her back and holding her down anymore. Holding her back? So glad he's out of the picture. Let this woman flourish. No, you can't really trust them dudes with light eyes. You can't trust a dude named Kendu. <laughs> I have subscribed to that for <laughs> See? years. There you go. See? <laughs> See? Now, they, now we cooking. Don't so. be at me if you got light eyes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can't trust it. I'm trying to tell you. So my theory... I will, look like once, they be up to stuff. Once I listen to this Mary album, my theory will hold. There's some other people who fall into this category, so I just can't think of them off the top of my head. But those are my three. Uh, uh, matter of fact, T.I. and Tiny broke up and Escape is getting back together. So there you have it. So <laughs> it's Escape, not a good example. Escape, Escape is about to put out the most fives album in the last are 20 they? years. And Tiny's going to be singing lead. I'm trying to tell you. Candy My is gonna be on lead. Oh, no, Tiny there. is gonna show y'all what it's really like out here and how her experiences of being a married woman have put her through so much pain, and now she's gonna be singing lead. And my theory is gonna hold up again. Okay, well, good luck with that theory. All right, go ahead, continue. Uh, so yeah, Mary J. Blige, I like the album. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's definitely better than the London Sessions, even though I didn't mind the London Kendu Sessions. Kendu probably has something to do with that. But, but you know what? I'm not mad at Mary because Mary has been in the game for so long and she has real reach. Like Mary is the type of person that can get uh, white people that you can't get on her album if right. you want them. Right, Bono. Like Mary can she get Bono. Bono. Mary can get Barbara Streisand on her Christmas album. Right. Who else can do that? Who else can just call Babs up and be like, run through and, and drop a and drop a track for me? I can do. <laughs> um, she has uh, Chrisette Michelle. Oh, gosh. when she started, when she got she ain't married yet, but when she got engaged, I'm trying to tell you. Music started going. Well, no. When she got engaged, she decided she wanted to vote for Donald Trump. So, Chrisette <laughs> Ben fell off. Okay. okay. It had I'm nothing just, to do with her fiance. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. She get engaged, she started singing for Donald Trump. That's all I'm saying. Well, okay. Uh, did you hear any specific Mary songs? or? I only ran through it. Like I said, I, I, I listened to it while I was driving, so... Um, I didn't get to listen to it too much. I only heard like two or three joints, and I meant to go back to it, but um, I forgot. Well, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, 
she i feel like you would like it because she mary does a good job of like staying mary but still trying to kind of push the envelope to speak to the younger generation yeah, a little bit as well. um also Ryan Wyclef got something in common um, she got quavo on there too. oh quavo yeah yeah yeah. Not, quavo not, not young, young thug, thug. Quavo. You, you be trying to insert young thug into everything <laughs> i just want to say that i, I quavo you That's try I mean. to insert Young Thug into every single thing we nah, talk about. Nah, Qua- Quavo. Quavo's my man. No, and I don't care nothing about that dude. Who else is on that Quavo song? It's Quavo and somebody else. Khaled and one other person. Yeah, it's um, Quavo, Khaled, and... Um, no, that's it. No, it's somebody else. Missy. Missy, yeah. um, Quavo, and Khaled. So I will say this. And I think that's about, that's about as far as I got. That's about three or four tracks in. I like that song, but I... I think they could have. I think they could have done it without Quavo. <laughs> and I like Quavo. Word. Like I'm, I'm a, I like the Word. Migos. <laughs> I, I think that. Word. I think that song would have been perfectly fine. I don't fine. like the Migos, and I think they could have deleted him and kept it moving. Oh, like, you're such a hater. Uh, a Missy slash what Mary. What you just said that Mary does a great job of keeping up with. I, I'm saying I don't have a problem with her doing that. I'm, but I'm also saying that I don't care nothing about Quavo. All right. Um. I like the joint with Kanye West, Love Yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's really dope. Um, she also has uh, Kay Trinata. Um, I, I feel know. like you aren't familiar. I don't know who that is. Okay, that's okay. Uh, bad, Bad, Not Good, who I've already spoken about several times on this podcast. Yep. Uh, so she's, you know, not a whole bunch of features. She's just kept it strong. And um, it's, it's a dope project. Okay. I would check for it. All right. I can't co-sign it yet because I haven't listened to it. But mm-hmm. she's not what can do. So I'm going to go ahead and rock to it. Uh, Gorillaz also put out their anticipated album. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mess with Gorillaz at all? I honestly can't say that I've heard a Gorilla song to even know if I mess with them or not. I know they got a record with Pusha. That is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Pusha and uh, Mavis Staples. I do know. No, I put you onto that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would say the overall project. I think it was good. I think it was good. It's not something I listen to all the time. It's a rock album. Gorilla isn't really rock. It's kind of I don't know. It's just it's t- I don't know what genre to put them in. Mm, I guess okay. pop. They have a lot of they like they came heavy, heavy, heavy with the features. They got some of everybody on the album. They got De La Soul on the album. Danny Brown, they got freaking Grace Jones on the album. As you mentioned, Pusha T and Mavis Staples on my favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Drum on the album, more VA. Uh, Anthony Hamilton, just a lot of people. Overall, it's something that I didn't mind listening to, and I and I pick and choose. It's probably about three or four good songs in there that I actually really like. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole thing that I would listen to, but check for it. Also, Young and May put out a album, but I just didn't. I just didn't. Yeah, nah. I'm so good on Young M.A. I don't even have nothing against her. I just don't. I just didn't care enough to. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think she. She's nothing special to me. Yeah, she's nothing special to me. Like, I hear people talk (laughs) about. People will swear up and down that, you know, she can rap and she can go and da 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 da. And my quote is always going to be she's not Rhapsody. And I don't even. Not even to compare (laughs) the two, but she's just not dope to me. I don't know. Like I when it comes to MCs, yeah, I don't get anything special. Yeah, and I, you know what was always crazy to me is when I think about her being signed to Duck Down, um, and you know just knowing that Drew High and Buckshot Shorty from um, Black Moon are responsible for Young and May, um, but she don't do it for me. Nah, don't curl all the way over for me. Yeah, but. 
That's right. okay. Also, lastly, I want to um, organize noise put out. I saw you post that. It's only about six songs, but it's dope. It's a nice little vibe. It's like a quick little vibe. It's just, what is it like? It's kind of like instrumentals, but there's a couple of, um, there's a couple of features on, I mean, like, uh, Two Chains is on there. Mm-hmm. So there's some features, but it, a lot of the, I would say four out of probably six of the songs are kind of like instrumentals with little ad libs and stuff in the background, but it's organized noise. Right. So it's a, it's a dope vibe. I would right. check for that too. Okay. That's pretty much it for new music. All right, cool. So let's move along. Let's push it along for lack of a better term. Uh, so in this episode, we told you that we're talking about native tongues. So we got a very special guest on the episode. You want to introduce the guest? Ooh. So this episode's Can I Kick It podcast guest is no other than Drez, D-R-E-S, mm-hmm. from Black Sheep. You can get with this. Or, or you, you can, can get, get with, with that. You can get with. Or, or you, you can, can get, get with. with. So let's get into our, <laughs> so let's get into our interview with Drez from Black Sheep. So can I Kick It podcast, Showtime at East Rock. We rocking all the way out. I got my man. Hip hop royalty on the line with us right now. Dress D R E S. Ah, uh, what's up, man? What's good, brother? Good to hear from you. Ah, uh, good to be heard from, man. Everything's cool. Just uh, grinding it out. Same old same. Okay, cool. So here, the Can I Kick It podcast. We're out of North Carolina. So I want to go All back right. to the beginnings of Black Sheep. How did you and Mister Long meet, and what did North Carolina have to do with it? Uh, um, well. Carolina was definitely the uh, place we met. It was my senior year of high school. And um, um, we had moved from uh, Fayetteville to Sanford, North Carolina. I had got down south via uh, my stepfather being in the, in the Army. So he got stationed at Fort Bragg. And um, you know, so I went to high school in Carolina. I used to go to E.E. E. Smith in Fayetteville and then I moved to Sanford. And my senior year, I met this cat named Stan. And uh, Stan had equipment in his crib and uh, turntables, mics, um, you know, tons of records. We used to basically get you know, over his house every day and just, you know, just cut rhyme for no reason at all. Like, you know, I had, I had like a little crew. Right. And Long, um, who was short, called Shorty Doo-Wop back in those days, he was uh, about to start high school. And um, he used to always come over Stan's crib and um, he was literally like, like our little brother, so to speak, but he was just probably a, a, a little in front of everybody as far as on his turntable skills. He was really just like next level, really proficient, really dope. Mm-hmm. And uh, so basically every day of my senior year, you know what I'm saying, we all meet up at Stan's house and, you know, Long will come through whenever he got an opportunity to, we probably would have had a little more leeway than he, he did, but he definitely was there, you know, all the time. And, um, you know, we would just make tapes and bug out and have fun with each other and um, little did we know that I got those were like the building blocks for what we would do later. Um, what happened was as well, Red came, Red Alert came down to uh, Raleigh with uh, Sparky B and the Real Roxanne. They like they had this show going on, a little battle, or whatever. Mm. And um, before we had, you know, we knew, knew a lot of cats around the, around the state, and we had a friend by the name of Craze that lived in our Raleigh. And uh, so he had something to do with what was going on at the Raleigh Arena with bringing down Red and what have you. And he had um, Shorty Doo-Wop get on stage and just, you know, spin some records before the show started. And he was so short, he had to stand on milk crates. So when Red saw him, and he was just dope, like really just a dope DJ. And uh, so when Red saw him, you know, Red started quizzing him. And he's like, you know, well, I'm originally from Brooklyn. I'll be, you know, I come to New York pretty much every summer. And um, so Red gave him a number. And... 
that summer, you know, uh, Long went up to New York on his own, got with Red. Red had him running around, had him in the studio for the making of the Jungle Brothers' first album, introducing him to De La, and, you know, like, just the beginnings of, you know, of what was the scene at that point. You know, uh, Tribe hadn't come out yet, and, um, and so every summer, you know, he would come up and get up with Red, and I kind of was just really having fun in my dude's room. I wasn't really checking for it to that degree. Um, long story short, after I finished high school, I come back to New York. I'm running around New York. I get into a different, few different scenarios that kind of have me just trying to really get myself on point. So I want to get in my first apartment in the Bronx. I'm working um, at a, a um, federal agency that deals with the homeless. And I'm in school. And I'm literally just getting my first apartment. And I'm coming from lunch, going back to, you know, this office I work at, and uh, who do I pass belong? Mm. We start chopping it up literally on the streets of Manhattan. And um, we start talking. He just got up there from after finishing school. He's um, staying with his aunt and her dude and their kid in a studio apartment in Brooklyn. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, man, like, yo, you my little man. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I just got his crib in the Bronx. I was like, yo, give me a week to live in it, and you come stay with me. Ain't no thing. So the next week, he started, he came up, had his turntables, records. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, wow. Like, you still do this? Like, you know, like, oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? And um, as we started getting, you know, chopping it up after, after some years had passed, you know, like, he's having me come to the studio with him where he's hanging with Dayla and Tribe, you know, the making of Tribe's first album, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and, uh, and I'm Jungle and what have you, you know. So I'm meeting all of these cats and we're just kind of, you know, kicking and I'm finding myself really just kind of hanging out, you know what I'm saying? More so that, you know, like, it's almost like we're just having fun and, you know, because right. at the time we're not working on anything yet, but Long is known as a dope DJ. Like, Long actually did the cuts on Buddy. Oh, and um, man. as we started chopping it up, Long was like, you know, like, yo, you was always nice. You know, like, you know, we should try to put something together. And, you know, at the time, I wound up stepping away from my job. But I would take Long to, to a um, porn, off, porn uh, shop. And I had a bunch of drawers. I put on my jewelry and give Long half the money. I was like, yo, well, let's go make a demo. And we'll be part, you know, like, let's just be partners. Let's just make it happen. So we go, we make this demo. And Long had, you know, always had aspirations of pr- producing. So he had things that he had longed to be putting, you know, bricks that he felt, you know, horns went on, this horns went on this, or this went on that. Right. So, you know, we, and back then you could, didn't have, you know, like, uh, so much, uh, any, any, any way of kind of doing it from home. Like, you know, if anything, you literally would just be playing breaks and, you know, saying, I want to do, put this on top of that. I want to put this on top of both of those. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody had equipment to that degree sampling was really a new uh, science and um so we go we make this demo and everybody's kind of blown away and uh uh red has this cat that works with him named dave funkin Klein, makes some calls on our behalf to some labels and um we wound up going with mercury and that was that, that was kind of the beginnings of how it went out so with, with you being from new york and with long being from the south was it like an opposites attract type of relationship between y'all or was it that you all just clicked automatically when y'all um, met those really, times? he was like you know um he would come to, we had a mutual friend my man stan and so you know like i'm coming to hang out with me and Stan. you know we had a lot more in common probably than long 
and he they probably really just had the music. But I'm saying, you know, like we're in high school together. So like this was my dude. So we're running, you know, literally, but at his crib is turntables and equipment. Mm -hmm. So every day, you know, like we're kind of just doing that before we do whatever we're going to get into. Yeah. You know, we're just bugging out, cutting. And Long was like a little brother to us. Like, you know, like it wasn't so much opposites attract them. It was that, you know, he was dope. He was cool with my man Stan. And, you know, he was he was like a little brother. Yeah. And did, was, did he know already at that young age that he had to move to New York to make it? Like, was it already uh, embedded in him? Like, okay, I'm not going to make an example. Like, I got to get to the big city. I think um, he had the opportunity to meet Red, you know. And um, Red gave him the number and was like, you know, when, when you come up, give me a shout. You know, mm -hmm. and he was there that summer. You know, like, he was fortunate enough to bump into one of the four, you know, the, the, the godfathers of the culture. Absolutely. And, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean... As far as him doing what he felt he had to do, I mean, it was obvious, you know, if if it was going to happen, it was going to be through, you know, that of probably that affiliation right. more so than, than something that, you know, me trying to run around New York and find a way. Right. So at this point, y'all are y'all decide to go with Mercury. You're getting ready to work on a wolf in sheep's clothing. Y'all have this kind of connection with what will be native tongues. How how did the album come together? Like, was it just long? They had these beats, and then you came with the rhymes. How did y'all put the album together? Um, it was a lot of vibing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, definitely there were joints that long like presents me that was you know the finished track that I might be like, oh, like you know, like that's crazy. I like that. Mm -hmm. But there were also like you know the nights where we just listening to music and I might vibe on a loop or, you know, like pretty much Similac was kind of my creation as far as, you know, me letting him know which loops I, you know, I heard I have pause button the main loop in Similac for about two or three minutes just to write the rhyme on, you know, before we even got to the studio. Right, right. So, you know, I was kind of letting him know like different things that I might be feeling as far as loop wise and he might, you know, kind of just take it to a next level as far as, you know, to put in, putting the production around it. But then there were also joints where, you know, he would be like, you know, like, he had been wanting to put this together or, you know, I, yo, I put this together and, you know, just present it. There were, there were also tracks that, you know, like, I might that I might have passed on or this and the other. I just felt like it wasn't necessarily what I felt would complement, you know what I'm saying, what I, was, what I was trying to achieve as far as lyrically or what happened, you know, it wasn't just crazy about the beat, you know, like it definitely was, was us kind of picking and choosing what we thought we should rock on. Mm -hmm. So with, with the Mercury situation, what made you all decide to go with Mercury? Because I'm trying to think what other hip hop acts might have been signed on Mercury at that time. And I'm, I can't think of anybody else. Um, well, they had Curtis Blow. Okay. And, um, they also, you know, saying, um, I think Chuck Chilla had just gotten a, a deal or what have you. But more than anything, we honestly felt like they would have time to invest in us that they didn't have. A, right, because it wasn't in the rap roster. Y'all would be the yeah, premier hip-hop act. Right, exactly. That They, they were primarily um, a rock a rock label at the time, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, rap and rock and, you know, maybe some, you know, a lot of poppy music. But, you know, hip-hop was really new and they were, they didn't really have a solid hip-hop roster other than what Curtis Blow was, you know, had done at that time, which was plenty, I'm sure, but, you know, it was just a, a little bit moving forward. Right. So y'all came up with the name Black Sheep. Y'all labeled yourselves as the Black Sheep of Native Tongues. What about y'all made you consider yourselves Black Sheep? How did that name come about? Well, I think it was much more that, um, just an appearance. Like, uh, you look at them and you basically got an Afrocentric 
vibe, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, you know what I'm saying? Definitely a little left of center. Right, they had um, a look. Yeah, definitely, from, you know, from the Africanism to... I mean, if that's such a word, but um, you know, just from the <laughs> just from the Kenta Club, you know, what have you, to the jungle Values. being, you know, much more, you know, woodsy type of feel, and um, daylight was kind of like, you know, just kind of the hippie comfortable more, yeah, yeah, you know, saying yeah, comfortable if anything, you know, and and just everybody was willing to take chances, but you look at us and we look like some cats from, you know, New York. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, basically come off of, off a of block in the Bronx or uptown or Queens, what have you. You know what I'm saying? But it was just kind of like, you know, visually, if you looked at us, and even probably, you know, maybe a little bit of just how we were kind of roundabout in us trying to say something, you know, which was very daylightish in a way as well. You know what I'm saying? But we just spoke a little bit more, probably more, you know, just curtly. Um, but, you know, to look at us, we look like the black sheep of the, of the crew. You know, you look at us and you ne- didn't necessarily see what you saw in in, in, the, in the other groups. So I, I heard something um, and then basically I thought maybe that the black sheep name came because, you know, you were, according to yourself, the gun toter. Like you had guns <laughs> in your Tims, you had guns. Uh, yeah, in- I mean, you know, to a degree, but I, I wouldn't say we were, you know, all... That, you know, saying menacing or anything of like that. So I, I think we were just, like I said, like a little bit more. You just stood out from the rest of Native Tongues a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, and even on that note, you know, like like not to say that there wasn't cats that was around Jungle or cats that was around, you know, saying uh, Tip or, you know, saying even Daylight for that cats that, you know, was holding holding them down. Right. But that, you know, like we, you know, I lived on 187th of Valentine in my own apartment. You know what I'm saying? And I'm 18, <laughs> you know, like 19, 20 years old. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and even for us, for me and Long, I think, you know, to to have a walk, you know what I'm saying, that that, that could be ours. You know, we definitely had to be able to hold all yeah. in, in, in a scenario. Yeah. You yeah. Know, when, when I when I think of Native Tongues and I think of that time period, um, one person and one name that always comes out to me is Baby Chris. Um, uh, no doubt. Yeah. So, so what role did um, Chris Lighty play in uh, just Native Tongue as a whole, and, and and your personal development as an MC and Black Sheep's development as a group? Well, you know, he was tremendous with us. That you know, he was our first manager, mm-hmm. and you know, like he it was Chris that you know basically walked with us in negotiation with the deal with uh, Mercury, and you know, it was. At that time as well, after we did, the, you know, like the first check that he ever got, you know what I'm saying, as far as a professional check for his company, mm-hmm. was the Black Sheep deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was, like, what solidified, you know, his his, incorpor- his, his incorporation. Um, this and, wasn't Violator, though. This was, what, Baby Chris Management or something? This is Baby Sounds. You know what I'm saying? This was his, you know, his first company. Right. His, you know, uh, yeah. Um, and what he wound up doing was... You know, I, I guess he, you know, he had a he had a vision of himself. I guess maybe learning a lot more before before really you know taking Violator and and even before he left Rush and you know started Violator. But at the time, he was about to you know do a deal to become an affiliate of Rush, and he wanted to bring us with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, but we I, I just we we didn't get a good feeling from Rush at the time. Leo Cohen was really just. 
not going to be who I thought was going to be the person that was interested in taking us to the next level. Right. Uh, I'll leave it at, you know, right. in, in, in those terms. We just really didn't, I don't think we saw eye to eye. And, and I was definitely adamant about not going to Def Jam, even though probably before we signed, you know, we wanted to sign with Def Jam, but it just didn't seem like it was the right place for us after taking a few meetings and seeing basically, you know, what it was and what it wasn't. Um, so he, you know, decides to go become an executive with Def Jam. And we decide, you know, not to go, in which case he um, he introduces us to Shaquem and the Flavor Unit. Mm-hmm. And they were going on to be our managers while the while the record was out, and um, you know, and that was and that was a cool relationship as well, you know, and, and um, you know, so we, we basically was with them through the maybe through the start of the second album, and uh, we just decided to do our own thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, being a part of Native Tongues had to be amazing, just as far as creativity and bouncing ideas off of each other. But also for me, whenever I see any of Native Tongues together, the videos or shows it just looked like a lot of fun like what was one of the most fun experiences y'all had together uh man when i say we had so much fun <laughs> on a daily basis like like that's literally like just what it was like right. we had so much fun and um you know it was the type of scenario where whoever was in the studio we'd all wind up there you know whoever mm-hmm. was shooting the video we'd all wind up there whoever was if we was just hanging out you know what i'm saying like Plenty of days, summer days, you know what I'm saying, that we just would get together at Washington Square Park and just kind of just kick it, watch Charlie Barnett and Dave Chappelle, who was a young comedian, you know, performing for, um, for you know, for, for a bucket of singles, whoever was, you know, going to put money in, 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 in the bucket for them, you know. And, like, it was just a time where, you know, like, we just were vibing, just have, have we had so much fun together. Yeah. Yeah. And um, especially you know, the once you know, cats was doing shows, and you know, they had the ability to you know have you know an entourage. You know, like we all would hang out and go to different places, and we just had a lot of fun together. Yeah. Sincerely, it was a really good time. It's really strong camaraderie. You know, one of my one of my favorite native tongue memories is like the, and I don't think, I, and I always go back to this. I, a lot of people may not remember this, but. The MTV Spring Break joint <laughs> that had like y'all tribe, like Naughty by Nature, Salt and Pepper, all on the stage, and everybody does like that freestyle at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that okay. is probably my my most favorite. Like I got that joint on VHS somewhere at my mom's <laughs> crib, uh, and I keep saying I'm yeah. gonna go back and check that joint out. But just speaking of native tongues, like what was the recording process? like because i know everyone would be in each other's sessions and you know you hear stories about how you were involved in some of the daylight sessions and of course tribe and daylight would kind of bounce off of each other like so recording wise um just as an mc and, and somebody who was you know orchestrating the music like what was that process like um it was a lot of fun man like you know like only not only was it an opportunity for each of us to kind of kind of shine for each other but it was an opportunity to learn from each other and um like you know it was just really cool and it was very selfless you know what I'm saying like you know cats would be willing to entertain any notion that you might suggest to you know them 
not wanting to have entertain any notion because they were very much in tune with what exactly they wanted it to be. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, and it was always the bottom line was always kinda to impress the room. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if if you could kill the room then, you know, basically, you know, like you wasn't really worried about the consumer because, <laughs> you know, you you really already kinda passed the test, you know what I'm saying? And it was just really, really a fun time, man. I, I remember recording different things where, you know, nobody was there yet, you know what I'm saying, and just playing something for them when everybody got, you know, to the session and just seeing their reaction. Or, you know, it was just really cool, and, you know, like you really put your best foot forward. And, you know, and, and it was a time of creativity. It is To not sound like each other was something that was, you know, very intentional. Who was, you know what the, I'm saying? Like, who was the hardest person to please in the room? Like, was it was it Tip? Was it Fife? Like, who was the hardest person? Who was that one person that you said, "Yo, I know if I got them, I got it." Um, I mean, different cats represented different things. To be honest with you, like you really just you just wanted the, the consensus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, I don't think there was a time where you looked at it like you had to get any one person. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. As much as you just wanted the room to move with it you know what i'm saying and you know i i, I definitely thought it was and even more of, you know of the situation being bigger than any one individual you mm-hmm. know so any one group like you know it was definitely about the collective right 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 so take us to the first time that you heard um the beat for the choice is yours uh well you know we, you talking about for the for the remix you know oh, we yes. did a remix right. yes yes because yes, we for... had the choice is yours right. and then we had revisited right 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 <laughs> right exactly so exactly how, and we also want to know how it, you know how you made the choice between the two and mm-hmm. how revisited ended up on there um well it was a time when everybody basically remixed whatever their single was you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying so you know most of all of us would do a remix of a single if we were about to release a single and uh uh the label had really kind of Push for the choices yours being, I think, the, the second single behind uh, Flavor of the Month. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 no matter of fact, I, I, I think we did once we had to revisit a version, to be honest with you. Um, and that was a matter of us, you know, looking at the choices yours and, and long, you know, seeing what what might sound good as far as track wise under it. And I'll never forget when he played it for me. I was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. I was just blown away. Like, like wow. To the degree that you know, I had wrote three different version uh, verses for oh. for the remix, and um, the label I heard it, and it was like, you know, like we really like what you do with this third version to this third verse. Um, why don't you just keep the first two verses and then just make the third verse the the, the remix? Mm. To which I was like, you know, like we, you know, young and you know, if that's what y'all think was going to work and be successful, cool, let's do that. Right. You know, it was it was no definitely no pushback on on our side. Um. And yeah, it wanted to be in a great call, and you know, that wanted to be in the version that we move with. And even once we finished recording it, and like I never forget when we were uh, mixing and mastering, like you know, to hear the choices yours, just you know, in the studio with some next level speakers, like mm-hmm. playing, you know, as loud as they could possibly play. Right, that's a hard baseline. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was insane. Like we felt like we was we both were cheesing so hard because we knew. <laughs> You know, like, yo, we're going to hurt cats with this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was a good feeling. Were were your verses always so aggressive when you rhymed them for that song, for the the other versions of the song? Were you always just Um, so... 
yeah, yeah, that particular song, I, I, I very much intentionally tried to uh, make it sound ag- aggressive. I remember my stepfather coming to the studio when I was in the studio recording for that. Mm-hmm. And when I came out of the booth, him being like, you know, like, what's wrong? Something wrong with you? And I was like, nah, you know, like, I really, you know, just wanted this to be just really aggressive and it's high energy. <laughs> You're like, who we need like, to fight? Like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. He thought something was up, for real. That's part of the magic of it, though. It really, it really came across with, like you said, just really high energy. I think that's what drew people to it. It didn't really sound like a lot of, you know, like like I said, we were all definitely trying to find our voices, you know what I'm saying? And 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 finding our voices, I think, you know, we were doing everything we could to not sound like each other. Right, right. Mm. Now with a wolf in sheep's clothing with when y'all were, you know, finally putting the finishing touches on it, did y'all have any problems with clearing any of the samples? Uh um there's forty five samples cleared on the on, on the album. <laughs> On the Wolf of Sheep's Clothing, so um, yeah, you know, the, the us clearing samples held up the album for about a year. Mm. The album would have came out a year earlier, you know, what I'm saying literally mm. had you know we not had you know the sample clearance issues, you know, like they take time and right. you know since some negotiation here and there, and this marquee had gotten sued, you know, like in that time frame right. uh, for sample clearance. Yeah. So the label was extra cautious and went any kind of kickback, you know, as far as samples. So we literally cleared things that cats, you know, try their best not to clear these days, yeah. you know, like from, from drum loops to whatever. We cleared everything. Right? And with y'all being a new group, the label had to really be behind you in order to, you know, shell out whatever they needed to for all those samples. Yeah, without question, without question. Even with the name, you know, like, you know, like the name, the, the, the Black Sheep has been used musically, you know, prior to, you know, 1990. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like we had to find the group that had the, you know, the the, um, the name itself and work out a deal for oh, us wow. to use it in our genre of music, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, be grateful that they were, you know, cool. You know, of course, you know, it was a check, but at the end of the day, you know, like all of that had to be done for an album that was already recorded. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, wow. Like, you know, it was a lot to be done. So you had to buy them out of their name. No, just for the hip-hop genre. So they could still use the name in whatever genre they were in, right? Exactly. Oh, wow. So 91, the album comes out. Y'all are on top of the world. Um, now, one thing that I know that Black Sheep did in that time frame, y'all were, y'all were doing a lot of HBCU uh, college tours and y'all were just kind of going around the country. Um, what was that experience like from somebody who was, you know, coming from New York City and Mr. Long coming from North Carolina? What was it like once y'all finally like hit number one and started going on the road and started having these different um, experiences? Like, you know, not just coming to North Carolina to visit, but going to like a Fayetteville State for a homecoming or Winston Salem State for a homecoming or A and T or something like that. Um, it, it was great, you know. It, it really was, you know. Like we got an opportunity um, to see uh, the world, you know, a few times over, mm-hmm. and you know, especially the United States. You know, with this, I can't, really can't think of a state that I haven't, you know, seen. You know, what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and it was, you know, amazing. You know that, you know, that if the music resonated with people to that degree, and you know, I, I think we had had an opportunity to see. Uh, the beginnings of success through the native tongue, you know, saying us, us hanging out with them kind of put us in a frame of mind where we had um, something to gauge it against, you know what I'm saying? 
which was a blessing, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, like we definitely, you know, had had the opportunity to go on the road with different groups prior and to see what it was, you know, to rock, you know, from club to arena to, you know, whatever the case may be. We were somewhat versed, but when it's you that's doing it, um, it, it definitely could be a little overwhelming. It's definitely very humbling and, uh, you know, and you find yourself, you know, definitely trying to, to um, give give the best representation of yourself and your music as possible, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially coming from, you know, like the creative camp that I come from, you know, like, like, you know, each group can hold their own on any stage with anyone. Right. And, you know, it was, it was definitely something that we wanted to reflect in our music and our representation of ourselves, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it was definitely a, a really cool, dope thing for us to experience, you know what I'm saying? It was very gratifying and, and still is, you know, like I, I still, you know, travel the world and get to see different places and meet different people. Right. And even as an oldest elder statesman, you know, like, you know, you get different things out of it still, like, you know, like, you know, and you still try to represent yourself to the utmost and, you know, even introduce yourself, you know, to younger generations and try to show the difference and what it is that you do and what it is that might be available to them at the moment. And, you know, just differentiate yourself from everything, right. you know, and, and, you know, like it, it, it's, it's still fun. It's so challenging. Um, right. It's, 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 I'm very, very blessed, like, you know, regardless of how high or how low um, I may be on the totem pole at any given year or day, I'm on the totem pole, you know what I'm saying? And and been on the totem pole for a lot of years at this point, and it's just a, the, one of the best feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so my wife is actually she actually pulled up on you back in in, in the in the what was it mid nineties what year was that mid nineties mid nineties she she said <laughs> she around maybe ninety six she said she bumped into you at uh, A&T's homecoming mm-hmm. oh yeah okay so she, yeah no doubt yeah. I used to be yeah especially in Carolina man we you know like having gone to high school down there we, we you know we used to get around and run right love love to you know just hang out at different campuses and. You know what have you, or different scenarios that might be going on in different cities. Like you know, North Carolina is, is, is a fun place. Right, right, right. So I'm gonna ask her to to, to tell her her dress, dress her story. dress from Black Sheep story. That she, <laughs> <laughs> she, got, right. she got a dress from Black Sheep story. No, it was it was just me and my girls. We were at A and T's homecoming, and I'm a big hip hop fan. My girls, they just know radio hip hop. So we're walking, right. and I'm like, yo, that is. That is dress from Black Sheep. <laughs> and they're like, huh? And what? what I'm he, like, no, no, no. It's I think it's dress. What did he say? But I think we were a little too close <laughs> behind you. <laughs> and you just turned around and you were like, it is. It's me. Probably ever heard you talking. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, let me yeah. let me just clear this up for you. It's me. So <laughs> uh, like you, you know, you should be sure, you know. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't goodness. ever wonder. It's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so after the second album, the group, um, I guess you guys decided to disband. So what was the cause of that? And, you know, what did it feel like? Kind of like separating from, from somebody who wasn't just like your industry friend. Like this was your man in real life. Like, Yeah. Um. Well, I, I, I think... Um, 
think a lot of things play a part in, you know, us going our own ways. You know what I'm saying? Um, at the time, you know, we basically were dealing with uh, a staff at, at, at Universal Mercury um, that, you know, was very much on board with what we were trying to do. We had a vision. We wanted to introduce the people to what we were trying to do. And um, the entire st- entire staff changed, you know, like literally mm-hmm. everyone was different, you know, for the delivery of the second album. And so, you know, we're trying to get them on board, but it's not um, a wolf in sheep's clothing part two. You know what I'm saying? So they're looking at it and they're really trying to comprehend it. And, you know, it's, it, it didn't jump right out the box how, you know, maybe Flavor the Month did as far as the introduction. But, but in a degree, I, I mean, to a degree, it definitely felt like they, were, they had, you know, viable things to work. But you just saw that, you know, the emphasis wasn't there on us. And it was at a time when Mercury... When Universal was about to step into the picture and buy the whole scenario, mm-hmm. so everything's about you know everything's about to change as far as there you know without Black Sheep everything in their world is about to change, and so you know and, and I think we definitely kind of had to deal with that, um, and then artistically I think you know like once some of the notoriety came into play, some of the money came into play, I think you know then we kind of got a chance to see you know the difference between maybe you know. Longs of bringing Amaya, bringing um, even you know artistically to just as men, and um, you know I, I think we just kind of sort of felt like you know we were not walking as hand in hand as we probably should have been, as I would have liked for, for us to be, to be honest with you. Um, but you know, just different things started kind of hitting the table, and and it it, it stopped being fun for a minute. You know, what I'm saying it stopped right. being like something that was really worth it to me, especially that the natives, you know, everybody kind of seemed like they were doing their own thing at that point. And, um, you know, so even the recording of the second album wasn't like the recording of the first album, but it was like that for all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like we just, everybody kind of was in their own world. And I don't, I'm not going to say that was a bad thing, but it just wasn't, you know, kind of, kind of, I think what it, it, had been for all of us. It, it kind of became a job for a minute. And um, it got to the point where I was like, you know what, like, you know, like things were really not going well label-wise, you know, and um, and I, and I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a, a label deal as well. I had this uh, imprint called One Love where I put, put out a, a R&B group called Image and a hip-hop group called The Legion. And, you know, like... They really wasn't uh, standing by that as well. And, you know, like I, I kind of looked around and I was like, you know what? I, I would really just like to back out mm-hmm. and s- step back for a minute. You know what I'm saying? I, I find like I need to because I felt like something wasn't going to go right. Right. Or, or something was going to go horribly wrong even. So when, you know, I found myself just kind of stepping back. I, I went down to Carolina for a little bit. I, I bought a crib in Charlotte and, um, Kind of just started in in digesting um, and internalizing me doing independent work on my own and what it means to incorporate myself and you know like some of the things that I didn't do as you know a, a young new artist you know was for me to kind of have a gist of what I needed to do logistically business wise. Right. So I started entertaining that and learning that and you know dropping independent music and. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it didn't have the support or anything of a big label and, you know, the big money marketing budget and this and the other. 
but it afforded me the opportunity to do what I was, what I loved. I still, you know, was able to kind of make a living doing what, what I loved, even though I wasn't a household name or anything to that degree, but I had already kind of established that. And I didn't feel like I wasn't envious of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that wasn't why I had got into it in the beginning. Right. You know, but I, I got into it because I just really liked, you know, making what I considered dope music. And um, once I realized that, you know, that I could make a living and, and a good living, you know what I'm saying? And not necessarily be, excuse me, uh, the highlight of, you know, the situation. I, I didn't feel like I needed to be. I honestly didn't want to be. And especially now, like, you know, in, in the era of everybody has a camera phone and this and the other, like, you can't go to the store and scratch your butt right. without it being on TMZ, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and that would that would crush me. Like, I, I would hate that so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I was that that, that was one of the things that was making me not like it before all of this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like just the, the 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 degree of what you have to give up was was upsetting. It was it was it was just a little upsetting for me. Right. So um, you know, so like I love where I'm at these days. I'm I'm always like a record away from doing something that's profitable, but not necessarily something that's in your face. You know, like right. I get the license and you know movies, music to movies or television, be it the old stuff to new stuff. I put new stuff in, in Disney movie and, you know, you know, I might do something on a low with a commercial or a, a, a ton of different things that I now have an understanding of. I, you know, I make sure all of the new music I'm doing is, you know, my publishing is straight. I, you know, like I, I, I kind of understand the game so much better in the parameters of how to make money without necessarily prostituting yourself or, you know, just trying to do too much, you know, and, and, and I'm happy, you know, like more than anything, I, I get to spend a lot of time with my family and and get to do what I love. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Now, speaking of things that you're doing now, one of your most recent projects was a song dedicated to uh, the legendary Fife Dog, uh, the Peace Fife joint. Um, let's let's kind of talk a little bit about like Fife's effect on you as an artist and then kind of go into that particular record that had yourself, Chi Ali, uh, Red Alert, Sadat X. Um, you know. Yeah, like, Fife, Fife was a friend, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I think, you know, I think as artists, I think we all respected each other and we all kind of, we, we, you know, we all felt like, you know, that we represented the bar, you know what I'm saying? And Fife, no different. Like, you know, we always tried to put our best foot forward, you know what I'm saying, period. Um, whatever you might hear us on, you know, there's a lot of thought and, and you know, science and mechanics in what we presented, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's true for all of the Native Tongue MCs. And, you know, like, more than anything, like, Fife, Fife had a moral compass, you know what I'm saying, that kind of preceded... Um, us as kids, you know, saying like he was a good person in a time when we really didn't even quite understand what a good person meant, you know, saying necessarily, you know, like we're still trying to find ourselves and we're doing this, that and the other and well all over the place. But Fife was very grounded. He was a good person that had, you know, just just he, a, a really fine moral compass. He really tried to be, you know, um, a good person. And as I got older, I respected that so much because that's what I felt like 
that we're all supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, sometimes in life, you know, you kind of wind up going all around the place before you really find that it was right where you were standing the whole time, you know? And when I got back to that space, Fife was standing there and had never really left, you know? He, he was a good person. Yeah. Now, was it was it Fife's death that kind of made everyone want to come together and put this documentary together? Um, um, no, nah, the documentary includes a lot of Fife. Um, it's been... My, my dude Omar Kill, he's been working on this probably about seven, eight years now. Mm. Um, it's going to be a really, really good piece of work, man. Uh, Omar is a really good brother. He's actually done some videos for me as a solo artist and for me and Jerobi with the Evertan project. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and he's he's a good dude. And um, it's going to be pretty in depth. You know, like like I say, it, it might even be he might have been working on it for more than more than six or seven years. You know, what I'm saying it might even be that much more. You know, stuff for him to share with us. I can't, I can't wait to see it myself. Is there a time frame for when we can expect it? We can't wait. Um, I'm, 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 I'm hoping this year. Um, I know he's, you know, done a lot of work, and you know, the, his his uh, the GoFundMe thing was a success, and um, you know, I, I, I hopefully it's in its final stages of. I I, I know in his heart he wanted to, it to. And with us all on stage doing a, a Native Tongue show, and you know, I don't know how much longer you know he's gonna wait for that. Um, but <laughs> but I know you know I know I know we're close, yeah. but I definitely don't know a release date. Now, now will be the perfect time to do like a Native Tongue tour, maybe you know. Oh uh, yeah, without question, I'm without question. I mean, you know, I'm gonna throw right. it out there. I mean, man, please. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a lot of them out there, man. <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. I mean, I can, you know, I yeah, can, I hope so as well. I can imagine seeing like you, Tribe, Daylight, Jungle Brothers, Jungle Brothers, um, even Queen, like yeah, Queen Latifah, I mean, Monifa. From Sheets and Monifa, yeah. Like, I need all I of them. I mean, Latifah, I'm from Monifa. Latifah, yeah, lots of Money Love. Yeah, I mean, it would just be phenomenal. She and, already, you know, with like, Red Hurt. That, like wherever that was going down, we traveling. We going. <laughs> well, well speaking of, let me ask you this because like Chi Ali's Roadrunner album was probably one of my favorites back in the day growing up. What was your role in that? Like, um, really, I didn't have a big role in Chi's album. Right. Um, she was just like my little man. I'm long did a couple of tracks. Um, I think I might have wrote a verse, but I'm not even sure. I know Long wrote a verse or two. Um, uh, like I um. I didn't, I didn't have a big part in that, to really? be honest with you. Oh. Yeah, like, you know, if more than probably moral support. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, he was my dude. Yeah, cool. So what else you got going on now, man? I know you got the record, the soul record with Sean Don, a.k.a. Uh, yeah. St. Omer. Yeah, no doubt. That's a brother right there. Good brother. Um, well, essentially, you know, that's one of the singles that I've, I've released. I've been releasing singles kind of consistently for the last year or two, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even longer. Um. I did a series for singles for Tommy Boy. Uh, then me and Jerobi dropped the Evertan album as well. So I definitely want cast to check that out. Evertan is native spelled backwards, okay. and it's the duo of me and Jerobi. And we probably got about maybe five, six, seven videos on YouTube to check out. So right. some really cool stuff to check out. And um, as well, an album called Speed of Life that you can get on iTunes or wherever you buy music. Um, my last solo album was called From the Black Pool of Genius, and um, that's available online as well. Some really cool videos online to check out. And um, these days, I'm kind of just the black sheep dress. Not, you know, I don't want people to kind of mistake it for the group of me and Long as much as know that I'm out there, you know, doing my own thing these mm-hmm. days. So check out Black Sheep Dress. Um, 
there's plenty of music out there, plenty of good things, and um, plenty more coming. You know, like check out uh, um, joint out there with Jaleel Shaw, who's a saxophonist. A joint called um, Flight Slash Energy, mm-hmm. and uh, it was that. That was a nice collaboration, and um, as well, like you know, I stay dropping stuff on my SoundCloud, which you might not have heard, maybe different mixes or just stuff that. I might just feel like, you know, going to the studio and recording something. I'll put it on SoundCloud and have people kind of bugging out to it a little bit. Um, SoundCloud is called Pool of Genius. And, um, you know, the, my YouTube page is called uh, Pool of Genius. And, um, yeah, Black Sheep Drez is Instagram and Drez Black Sheep is the Twitter. And, uh, yeah, man, I just stay doing I'm so fortunate that, you know, I get to do what I love and, you know, and, and make a little living at it. Man. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a good thing. Perfect. Well, before we wrap things up, we thought that you might be able to help us clear up one of the biggest pieces of hip hop folklore. And that is what really happened on stage between KRS-One and PM Dawn, because y'all were there. Oh, yeah, we performed after KRS. Um... We've heard so many different, you know, variations from extreme to ah, that was kind of exaggerated. But y'all were there. So I was like, we have to ask and find out what really went down. Well, you know, um, from my understanding of it, uh, there was an interview that was done, and I think PM Dawn said some things to the degree that uh, KRS took offense. And um, so there was a big show in New York that week or week after, whatever this you know this article comes out. And um, so at the show, um, you could feel in the air that I think it was at the front house or something. I think you could feel in the air that you know, like something was up. Like you could definitely tell something was up. You know, and you know, there's a lot of tension in the air for sure. And it was really crowded as well, which you know didn't make it you know any better because it's really really crowded in there. And it's you know New York at a time when New York is New York, <laughs> and um, so it was a lot going on. You could you could just see it in the eyes of the of the, of the room, and um, I remember. PM Dawn is perform, about to perform, and um, I kind of worked my way into the crowd because I kind of wanted to see. I had never seen them perform, so I wanted to see them perform. So I kind of worked my way into, like, the middle, literally the middle of the crowd. I'm with a few of my dudes, and we're just kind of checking them out. And while they're performing, you see these silhouettes kind of coming across the stage, and literally, like, you know, you first see the, the, the DJ kind of get yanked from behind, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, so Cat, Cat might have swung on them. Definitely see somebody walk up to, you know, I'm not sure the brothers' names, but, you know, walk up on one of the cats from the group and swings on him and grabs him and snatches the mic from him and literally pushes him off the off the stage. And I'm like, oh, my God, the crowd is going <laughs> insane. Like, oh, my God. And you start hearing, um, you know, like the bombs and everything, like, you know, from the you know, whatever, the, the mixer, you know, gunshot, this, that, and the other, and this, and you know, like, you hear, like, a little siren, it sounded like, and it goes straight into, um, um, I think it was like, I'm still number one, or the bridge is over, wow. like, one of, yo, wow. oh, and, and everyone lost their minds, it was just like, oh, my God, did that, that did this just happen? And, um, yeah. you know, yeah, yep, it was happening, KRS proceeds to, like, annihilate when i say annihilate the sage he killed it i mean every single person in there probably lost their voice that it was just like you know he just he just rocked he just rocked hard and you know pulled the whole crowd into it everybody you know was just bananas (laughs) and um as soon as he comes off like you know he drops the mic and everything and 
you know, cats run up on us. Okay, all right, y'all ready? Y'all, y'all on next? Y'all ready? And I'm just like, wow. So y'all had to follow that. Yeah, how do you follow that? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but you know, but that and that was experience as well. You know, like you know, following that. You know, like that was definitely. You know, something where, you know, like, you're like, okay, well, we don't want to lose them. We got to keep this. And, you know, so even, you know, your present presentation of your songs have to be something of equal caliber. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, stay ready. I don't want to get ready. <laughs> exactly. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, it's definitely been a pleasure. I, we, we appreciate chopping it up with you, man. We got a whole Native Tongue episode. If we can grab somebody else, we might do like a two-part episode, man. We would love to get somebody else from the crew on the show, so... We're gonna work on that, man, and just you know, just just salute to everything um, that you've done and everything that you've done for the culture. I appreciate it sincerely, man, and um, good luck with your podcast. And um, thanks a lot for having me. And um, hopefully we get a chance to do it again. All right, y'all. So that was our interview with Dres D R E S from Black Sheep. Black Sheep Dres, of course, uh, representing a Native Tongue crew. It was good to hear him talk about like the history of Black Sheep and. Uh, native tongue and of course it's always good to hear him talking about or hear anybody talking about Chris Lighty I think that's yes. definitely a very important story that needs to be told y'all please check for the uh, Chris Lighty podcast that is right now only on Spotify uh, it's called Mogul mm-hmm. and you can get Spotify for free so yeah. there's no need for you not to be able to hear it but after it's finished running its cycle, after about six, eight weeks, it's going to be available probably everywhere you listen to podcasts. But if you want to hear it now, like me, go to Spotify and check for that. It's really dope. Yeah, I'm all about uh, stories about baby Chris and just about the legacy and the foundation that he laid for hip hop. You know, mm-hmm. like, I remember him. I remember when they used to call him baby Chris, like on the Chi Ali album, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they would refer to him as baby Chris and you would see his name in the credits as baby Chris. So uh, that's always just a dope part of hip hop that I think needs to be told also just loved um hearing how especially being that we are out of north carolina it was really dope to hear how black sheep actually started yeah here in north carolina well, here in north carolina the yeah. seeds for it were planted here absolutely absolutely so shout out to sanford north carolina which is mm-hmm. not too far from us that's a little bit down the road so um before we end the episode let's kind of talk about the effect that native tongue has had on Whew. us Again, like we said, the show is called Can I Kick It, which is derived from uh, the Tribe song, Can right. I Kick It. Tribe I've already told y'all that Tribe is my favorite group, group ever ever in the entirety of the world and my life. Right. So why don't you give us some of the uh, some of the moments or notable events in Native Tongue history that have impacted you, and then I'll talk about mine. Okay. Well, these are in no order, and these aren't really like a top five, but they are five moments that really impacted me that are Native Tongue related. Mm -hmm. Three Feet High and Rising. The release of Three Feet High and Rising was so major to me. I was obsessed, like completely obsessed with De La Soul. From the moment I heard Potholes in My Lawn, it just sounded so different. It didn't sound like anything out then, and I just became obsessed. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the whole daisy age thing that they eventually you know grew tired of right just obsessed like i tried to create a little uh daisy age (laughs) 
group at school sure. where we would meet and discuss all things De La Soul. Oh, and then I was only able to really just recruit uh, one other member. Oh, God. This is hilarious. So I would have, I would like, this was like around sixth, maybe sixth grade. Right. I would actually hold meetings <laughs> like so, oh. um, Daisy Age group. And oh. they were going to discuss. <laughs> Potholes in my <laughs> The significance of three being the magic number. Oh, okay. Uh, so were you, were you like, well, what do you think <laughs> about the way that Prince Paul flipped this sample? But I really from was like that. Oh God, I really was like grade. that as a kid, and Jeez, that's Louise. probably why, uh, you know, with that intensity, I wasn't able to recruit anyone right, else to, right, right. you know, be a part like, of my Daisy Age. She's weird. But that, that, I won't even say that CD, that tape at that time, I had right. the tape, was just so impactful. Like, I just, like, I was literally obsessed with mm. it. Um, at one point, it was taken from me. Oh, yeah. I remember your mom talking with us. Oh, you and your mom talking with us. Yeah. My mom, uh, you, you know, she found that particular tape. Thank God she didn't listen to it because, ooh, that would have been embarrassing. But, you know, there was that song in there, De La Orgy. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. It's pretty graphic. And I was in sixth grade. Yeah. So, all she saw was De La Orgy and she confiscated it. Put it in her top drawer. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show before, but I can't blame her. And I um, I went ahead and, you know, got it back out. Right. All right. Cut to now. I, like, one of my prized possessions is my, uh, are, one of my prized possessions are my uh, De La Soul Three Feet High and Rising Dunks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are fresh. I love those. Yeah, those so, are fresh. anyway, that whole album just really impacted my life at that point. Uh, another really impactful uh, Native Tongues moment. The bass line on Black Sheep's The Choice Is Yours. Oh, yeah. Which we just discussed. Listen, I'm all about a dope bass line. Mm-hmm. Like, bass lines get, like, you can draw me in with a good bass line. Mm-hmm. That is one of the best, one of the dopest bass lines in hip-hop, period. Right. Um, one of the most recognizable. Definitely. Uh, another very impactful moment. Queen Latifah, Wrath of My Madness. Oh, that's your favorite song? It's literally my favorite Queen Latifah song. It's one of my favorite songs in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana just got off on that joint. It's it just it's one of those songs that I hear and I'm immediately happy. Yeah, I have one a, a Queen Latifah song that's like that too. I think I know what it is. What is it? Is it uh, Latifah's had it up to Absolutely. Here? Yeah, Absolutely. That, that's, that's one a of the close, greatest songs that, ever That's made. running a close, close second. But something about that hook on Wrath of My Madness like just really gets me going. Latifah's had it up to here is probably one of the Latifah's had it up to here is a really dope uh, ever. is a really dope track, period. Yeah, like she and she's spitting so boom, hard. Boom, like, boom, 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 boom. Yeah, she's spitting like, so hard. Please, like y'all, like I don't think Dana gets enough respect just about right. how dope she was as an MC back absolutely, then. Absolutely, absolutely. But anyway, also and the scratches on Latifah's had it up to here are so dope. I don't know who did the scratches when they're scratching in the Queen L A T I F A H and command. I don't know who was it. Mark the Forty Five King. I don't know who. I would have to look it up, but the scratches are so dope on that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, then, uh, the next moment that was so impactful in my life, Native Tongues related, Beats Rhymes Life Tour. Mm. Like, this was the one and only time I was ever able to see Tribe. It was, you know, all members were there. Well, I don't think Jerobi, Jerobi, I don't think Jerobi was there. Well, Jerobi wasn't really performing with them at that point. Right, right, right. Um, Beats Rhymes Life Tour, William & Mary, Virginia. 
it, it was amazing just mm-hmm. to be able to see my favorite group and actually be right there and be up close, like mm-hmm. close enough to touch them. One of the best moments of my life. Definitely. And then uh, a tie, you know, always always got an extra one, but of course you do. Tied in, I don't know, I guess you want to say first place are two even, different moments. Even though you said they were in no Yeah, they aren't in order, any particular right. order, but they're still, these two moments are equal. I'll just say that. These two moments are equal. Okay. So number one, um, first, the buddy video. It's the quintessential Native Tongues moment. The, the buddy video, like... Everyone's in it. Right. Even Chris Lighty. It's one of the dopest Native Tongue songs. Yes. It's just, it's perfect. It's just perfect. Yeah, it's it's per- just it's made perfection. you want to get your African medallion. Definitely. And, you know, get your little house shirt. Yeah. And be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was everything. Mm-hmm. The buddy video. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Tied with. That buddy video is a huge moment, but tied with the scenario being performed on Arsenio Hall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. One of the most, one of the most huge Native Tongue moments. Absolutely. Still to this day. Still to this day. Yeah, I think I watched that performance maybe about a year ago. I've seen that performance 1,000 Yeah, yeah. I mean, recently I, I watched it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe about a year ago. Um, I definitely watched it several times around the time that Fife died. Yeah, yeah. Just that energy... First of all, it was our Arsenio Hall show. Mm-hmm. But just that energy, that significant moment with Bus a Bus turning his little Dr. Seuss hat inside right, right, out. Right, right, right. I mean, leaders at a new school, mm-hmm. tribe, just that moment was everything. Well, can I piggyback off of that for my five? Sure. Go okay, ahead. so one of my Run one of my top fives is not necessarily tribe performing on Arsenio, but the Wester Scenario remix. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was the first time I heard it. <laughs> I was on my way to school. My mom was driving me to school. I can't remember what grade I was in. My mom was driving me to school, and it came on the radio. The dopest remixes ever. One of the dopest remixes ever. And I was so distraught when I found out that the guy, Hood, who died, raps first, passed away. Right. Oh, my gosh. I was... Oh, I didn't understand. I was like, "What do you mean he's dead? Like this is this ver- this guy's dope." Like that was supposed to be the verse to put him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until recently, maybe about a, a, a year ago, um, that I found out that that wasn't the only song that he was on. So up until recently, you know, it was just that you know the story was that he was homeless. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, living in a shelter. He got into an argument. And I think somebody stabbed him or something like that, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were all under the impression that that was it. But there are other hood verses out there. And on. I've heard them on the internets, on the interwebs. I mean, on other songs or just his own songs? His own songs. Mm. His own songs. So Word. I guess he recorded like maybe one or two other songs before passing some demos away. out there. Hood, mad, bad, burger, I slam, damn, maniac, I spread heads like crack jam, extra, extra, pick up a clip, I tear inside the frame, and grab my... Yeah, 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 so, um, the What's the Scenario remix is probably, just hearing that record is just, it was just amazing, still one of my favorite songs to this day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, next, again, no particular order, we talked about it before, but the Spit Kicker Tour. Spit Kicker Tour was De La Soul, mm-hmm. Common... Reflection Eternal, Feral Monch, and Biz Marquee as the DJ. Mm-hmm. So they I was lie. not fortunate enough to get to that. Tour. That's my favorite hip hop like, show of all time. So it that goes sounds back to, like heaven yeah. came down to earth and it, in and a it, tour form. And I was it was the year was two thousand, and it was at the Norva, which is seemed like where I seen all my hip hop concerts. Um, and I was literally front. Where was I? I don't know. I don't know. I was like right 
and I went with my best friend Jason, and we I was right in the middle in the front row. This is like one of them shows where I kind of like elbowed my way to get to the front. Oh, that's how I used to do it every show in and my younger like, days. <laughs> right. So when Common is performing, like I promise you, Common reached down and gave me dap like five times during his show. Like he would just be rapping, and then like he would look down at the crowd and he would reach down. And I don't know if it was because I was rapping every word, and he was just like, "Let me give this guy some dap because he looks like right. <laughs> he's an he looks like he fan. needs it, <laughs> right?" Um, so he made that show great, but Dayla also made the show great because this was around the time um, I've never seen Dayla. Oh gosh, they're so great. This is this is around the time when they were doing. Um, uh, artificial intelligence mm-hmm. so like the red man song the ooh ooh mm-hmm. that song was out and mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and they did all of those songs and they did all of the uh all of the old stuff and it was just a great show just literally to this day yeah i don't even know i don't under i don't even understand what i was doing in my life at that point that i didn't make it to that tour i don't know i don't know but it was that's literally my favorite concert of all times of all time. Yeah, and they were talking about making it a be. thing where they were doing it every year. And, of course, that didn't happen. Of course not. Third on my list would be the release of Stakes is High. Mm-hmm. Now, Stakes is High was such a monumental, just life-changing take. So good. Um, for me, it's one of those joints that I probably have had two or three copies of it over mm-hmm. the, you know, over the, 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 the span of my life. And I just never get tired of it. I'm looking for it on vinyl. But it's Good just luck. from top to bottom, it's just such a great, great body of work. Like everything, like the interludes and the skits. And I think I just found out recently that like most deaf is on one of the skits on Stakes is High. I was reading, I was listening to somebody say that. Um, and it's just dope. And that kind of introduced us to, you know, what then in the early 2000s became like that raucous sound mm-hmm. you know what i mean we got introduced to quali and and Mose and everybody that we kind of know and and, and love in that genre of hip-hop so that stakes is high cd and tape such a classic such a classic such a classic um and even and, and even a close second balloon mind state was great too it was really good um, so yeah. i can't even front on that but for me stakes is high stakes is high that could have been in the running if three feet high and rising, if I hadn't been so young that it impacted me in a really special right, way, right, right, but stakes as high is right up there, impact wise. Yeah. Now the difference between me and you is that you are a little bit older than me, so um, three feet high and rising would have had a bigger impact on you because you were older when it came yeah, out. Yeah, I was about sixth grade, I want to say. Right. So for me, stakes as high is my favorite daylight album of all times. Mm-hmm. I think that is the best body of work. That Daylight ever produced, mm-hmm. but I know people who will say that three feet yeah, high and rising. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even argue that it's not. It's just that that one is so special to right, me. Right, right, right. Sometimes right. something to be really special to you doesn't even mean it's the best. Right. But I don't necessarily think it's the best that they have to offer. Period. But just in how different Three Feet was, and just how special it was to me. Right. Right. All right. So also on my list is, and I'm surprised you didn't say this. Mm-hmm. Q-Tips production. Mm, that's a good. That's a good thing. Yeah, Q-Tips production has to go down. I think Q-Tip is probably one of the most underrated producers for when real? it comes to hip hop. When you look, when you, when you look at the stuff that he did for Nas, of course he did. He produced on Illmatic. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak, I'm sorry. Speaking of Q-Tip, can I tell you like my honorable mention? Mm-hmm. My honorable mention was Q-Tip and Prison Song. 
Oh no! Psych. Oh no! 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 Never that. I wrote that down as a joke. Nah, nah. If you don't it's remember, prison, prison song, song. is a, a music that you, a movie that used to play on BET like eighteen times a day. With, with Mary J. Blige. Jail, Mary J. was his mom. Fat nah, Joe was in it. Nah, 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 nah. So Q-Tips production. Let's just think about Q-Tips production on Mob Deep's "Give Up the Goods." Mm-hmm. Mob Deep's "Temperatures Rising." Mob Deep's "Drink Away the Pain." Nas's Nas, "One Love." Right. Um, and just so many, so things. many tribe joints. Yeah, so like, many. The majority of the tribe right. joints. Like if you go down, the tribe song is this tribe sound. Excuse me, is Q-Tips production. Yeah, when you look at jazz, Benita Applebaum, the scenario remix, hot sex on a platter. Lyrics to um, go. Yeah, just so much. Like Q-Tip has to be probably one of the most underrated producers. So I think we got to start giving him his uh, his, his just due for the production. Yeah. excellent, excellent. Yeah. Um, Agree. And finally, and again, this is in no order, but impactful to me was the first time that I saw the video for Check the Rhyme. <laughs> That's um, a good one. Yeah, I w- I remember I was at my grandmother's house and my cousin Dwayne, uh, shout out D Boogie. Um, it Back came on in the days. It came on Rap City, and I was like, "What is this?" And he was like, "Yo, it's that hip hop shit. <laughs> it's that real hip. I never. He's like, it's that real hip hop shit." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I just looked at the video, and I'm like, "Wow, this that hip hop shit. Uh-huh, I uh-huh. like it." <laughs> so I just thought that was so dope, man. I never forget where I, where I was the first time I saw that video, and he was just so amped, and I can just see his. I can see him moving to. Like the rhymes and the back and forth between Q-Tip and you know for those who don't know like that's my favorite cousin like that's the person who influenced me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've talked about cousin Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, I've got we got to get cousin Dwayne on the show because we talk about he and I talk about every episode. He always has something to contribute, so we got to get cousin Dwayne on the show um, real soon to talk about something just to, just to throw him up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's my that's my uh, most impactful try. Uh, that's my most impactful. Native, Native tongue, tongue moments. Moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good stuff. Uh, uh, let's move on. Let's get into the reminisce list real quick. Reminisce on the list we had. All right, what you reminiscing about? Uh, this episode's reminisce list is the source crossword puzzle. Oh man! Don't say that was yours. It wasn't mine for this week, but oh. I, had it, I, I had it in my <laughs> mind. I had, I, I had thought about it. The source crossword puzzle used to like give me such joy. Oh man! Like, I would get my source in the mail and flip immediately to the back so i could do my crossword puzzle well you know um we sometimes went, we used to do them together yeah yeah definitely you would always get a lot more than me but i went to my mom's house um recently and i don't even know if you know this but i, I brought back a huge like black trash bag filled with all my old source magazines all my old double xl magazines Oh, I have mine as well, but they magazines. are not in a trash bag. They are well kept. Yeah, I mean they're in good condition. Preserved. They were just that's just what I used us to, to to move them from point A to point B. But maybe one day we can bust out the some of those joints and um and get some of them crosswords popping. Yeah, I try I flipped through a bunch of the ones that I have and they're all crosswords are all done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then so I need to find one where I like I missed it. Right. Where it's still blank. Right, right, right. All right, so that's dope. Uh, my contribution to this week's reminisce list is going to go to probably the most, um, not one of, but one of in the in the '90s, one of the most uh, sought after pieces of apparel that everybody wanted to get and Ooh, everybody had to have. Shoot. Okay, is it the Nautica Challenge jacket? No. 
Is that would have been very good though, but no. <laughs> is it the polo ski bear joint? No. Okay, then I give up. It is a starter coat. Oh. It is the first you flip the hat. Yes. Then you, then you bend, bend the, the hat. hat. Then you Twist, twist it, but I'm talking about the coats though. Right, right, but so, it just brought me back to that commercial. Like, remember the coats, and they had like all of the football teams, mm-hmm. and they I had, had like two the, starters. They had the pouch in the front. Well, I never had a starter. Oh man, <laughs> we were poor, so oh, I wasn't man. fortunate enough to get a starter. But I saw somebody post one on social media the other day. I was, I like, wish I still had mine. It's like, man, I don't think. Did you have? Did you have a specific one that you wanted? I wanted a Raiders joint. Of course, it had to be. It had to be a Raiders starter jacket, but I couldn't. We couldn't afford it, so I never got my starter coat. So if you're out there and you got a uh, like a three X starter that you want to, <laughs> that you want to donate, donate, yeah, let me hold that joint. Like I'll send you my address and a couple dollars on PayPal. But yeah, the starter. I had the um the bomber one, the mm-hmm. silk bomber. Yeah, I had a Syracuse joint. Oh man! And then I had that was my favorite the, basketball. Um, my favorite, like uh, the coat, coat, the big coat, I, not the one with the pouch in the front, but the right, zip up right, coat. Right, 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 right. I had the Charlotte Hornets. Oh man! All I can remember is that, like, when I was maybe like six or seven on the news, they were talking about people getting robbed for their starters. Right. And I think my mom was scared. Your to mom get was, like, nah. She was like, nah, nah, nah. But that nah. was mostly like the Raiders and Bulls joints. Right, right, right. So that's why I got like I went safe. I got the Syracuse joint just because I thought it looked fresh. I think I might rock one like for the winter. I might and um, and I got that Charlotte one mm. because I was and my brother had the Eagles joint. Wow, word. So reminisce list is done. This episode is done. Make sure you follow us. We are Can I Kick It Podcast on Instagram. Can I Kick It Podcast on Facebook. On Twitter is Can I Kick It Show. Um, and just make sure you follow us, like us, subscribe us, subscribe to us. Just check out everything we got going on. Tell all your friends, and you know, we'll holler at you on the next episode. All right, chill. Peace. Peace, wife. First of all, God bless your life. Condolences to your family, your shrub to your wife and child. Before the writing, this is wild. Hope that you and our verse just plays it back and smiles at the sentiment. No one loves what I'm meant to let, meant to give, meant to share. Let's deliver shit air with the diddle. Baby boy, that's just a fit act. Queens in your jeans, but Lord of the world, you did that. Did that and do that, 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 that. Blessed to no one even knows this. Sexual fact, death is greedy. Word up, yo, f- diabetes. Fam could have been a coach on the box of my Wheaties. The worth. A B-boy born to birth. Blessed to share the energy forever left on earth. What an impact. In fact, you made it better, be Always came correct. Forever respect the legacy of my life. And hey, yo, God bless your life. Peace. 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 Peace, Vice. Peace. And hey, yo, God bless your life. Peace.